0: The following program may contain content not suitable for all audiences. Welcome to Metagamers Anonymous, a program dedicated to tabletop role-playing games and mostly related material and a presentation of Prismatic Tsunami. My name is Eric. I'm Rich. I'm Vanessa. And I'm the kid. This is episode number 273 of our program, and I'm happy to see everybody. Actually, it's been a little too long since we've done this. Uh, at least a few weeks, I think, actually. It's, it has, yes,
1: been, some it has time. been a few weeks. It's
0: been a um, busy fucking few weeks, too. I had to leave town for a little while. And the Grand Canyon. I did, in fact, go to the Grand Canyon, which I didn't leave town specifically. I did leave town as to go to the Grand Canyon, but it wasn't <laughs> the point. <It's, laughs> I would have been just as happy to spend my time with you lovely listeners. Uh, and and you guys too. don't don't get me wrong. Oh, but we don't it, matter. Well, why am I tied to the um, chair it's again? Oh, this does
1: for me. <laughs> <laughs> now,
2: now that just the leave the knots are alone. <laughs> <laughs> to get me here. Um, <laughs> it's wearing off. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I haven't
0: talked about too much publicly yet, but there's been a bit of slowdown and stuff we got going on because I am uh, dealing with a family issue. My mom is um, in hospice care. She's uh, d- finally finally losing the battle with cancer, and uh, she's been fighting mm-hmm. it for off and on for about five years and had some pretty good years in there. So she's actually very zen about the whole thing at this point. Uh, Which is my mom. If you've ever met her, you know, if you ever run into her at the conventions and spend five minutes talking to her or anything, she's just that kind of very cool, down to earth, practical person. Yeah. And, uh, obviously I love her to death. What, what happened was after that was like, uh, she, you know, unfurled the bucket list and. The one, the item she's got at the top is on me to see if I could manage to do, which is to find a way to put her in touch with the uh, musician who has had the most greatest, you know, longest lasting impact, impact on her life. And being the guy that has contacts, I'm going to work on it, but I, <laughs> I, I'm i not sure about that one. <laughs> but the second one on the list was the Grand fucking Canyon. So that one was a little easier to accomplish in a short, you know, short, but we had to do it quick because we didn't know exactly, you know, she's high energy right now, but you don't know. You never know. She's got cancer in the liver. It and comes it's, and goes until it stops coming. Awful. So um, last week I drove up to Denver from Wichita about seven hours and picked my brother up at the airport. And then uh because uh, he had to fly in from Portland. And then the two of us went down to uh, where my mom lives, uh, a little mountain town south of Pueblo a little ways, and picked her up. So the next day we spent the whole day driving to the Grand Canyon. Uh, on Wednesday we spent the whole day at the Grand Canyon, which we did some pretty cool stuff there, took a ton of pictures, had a good time. And, uh, I, I okay, I'll admit. Now here's the thing for me. I, I love traveling and I don't get to do near enough of it because it takes money, which I never have. And I have this weird thing about how the world, I was seen so much of it because of movies and television and the internets and all the things, right? I mean, I've seen so much it's of it. It's not the same. It's not the same as seeing it in person. No. <laughs> and you know that. You know that in your heart. You know that in your mind. And somehow it's still, it's hard not to be jaded about it. Like, oh boy, I'm going to go see the Grand Canyon. It's a big hole. I've seen it plenty in pictures and on TV and stuff. And no. Oh my God, it is fucking ridiculous how it hits you. It is just immense. And the immensity is what is what really does it you know it isn't how deep the hole is it's how much of it there is <laughs> you know at some point you're looking at you know down the canyon at at the colorado river realizing that it's a pretty good sized river and it don't look like that from here <laughs> and it's so, it's all carved that that river carved that whole thing yeah it's it was it was entirely too cool and we couldn't take we went up on the skywalk which uh is that bridge they built a several few, few years back that uh, you can see through it's transparent
1: Nope, that's okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I was a little concerned. I don't have a problem with heights, but I get vertigo sometimes. And so I didn't, yeah. I didn't know. You know, it's like I feel like I was apologizing to my mom going, I don't know. And, of course, it was pricey to go out there. Although here's the thing. It's like she said it was like, it's was like 75 bucks, you know, a ticket to go out to the Skywalk. And I'm like, well, maybe you and my brother should do this because I don't know if I'll really be able to handle it. You know, I, I won't know until I'm there. And, uh, it turns out that the bus ride to get out to it was like 55 of that. And so it was another like 15 bucks to do the skywalk too. And I'm like, well, just, heck, it. it's just fucking give me the ticket. And I'll figure it out when I get there. Yeah. And, uh, it worked out really nicely. They, uh, gave my, they wouldn't let you take a camera out there because they have professional photographers that they, they plan to milk you for. But, uh, and we couldn't, you know, we weren't going to do that. But, We did go out there and my mom, because she was kind of moving slow and everything, my brother thought to ask her for a wheelchair, asked if they had a wheelchair we could use. Which, you know, works out nicely too because they're trying to do everything they can. They give you booties for your feet and everything. Mm -hmm. They're trying to keep, you know, from scratching up the surface.
1: Makes sense.
0: uh, Scuffing it up. So, I mean, it actually kind of worked out nicely that they had a wheelchair there that they could use out there that they felt comfortable with. And so I got to lean on that wheelchair pushing her out there, which meant that I had that thing to hold on to just in case. Good call. Didn't turn out to matter in the least. I no. didn't have a single problem with it. Looking down was kind of cool. Once you get past that first moment of how disconcerting it is to look down at all that distance down there, it was kind of neat. You kind of like shove that aside in your head and realize this is all right. This is a big day. And it doesn't have like I – mean, I've talked about this before. Like, I went to the top of the World Trade Center once. Uh, in Chicago, at, not World Trade Center. Sorry, <laughs> that, that's one we lost. Wow. Um, it, not in uh, in Chicago. The Sears Sears, Sears Tower. Tower. Sears Thank Tower. You. Yeah. Um, I went to the top of Sears Tower once, and. You know, the, the the sky deck, the 130th story is completely enclosed, you know, so there's no wind or anything. There's no open to the sky. You talked about going to um, Empire, State building. Empire, State building, Empire State
2: Building, which is open, right? At the I top. touched the yeah, rails, but it's it's I didn't spend much time there. But it's got like, <laughs> but it's got like fencing. I mean, it's it's shit.
1: got rails and fencing and all sorts of stuff. You are separated from the outside yeah. world.
0: Which you feel like in the city they gotta do because they need to
2: eliminate the possibility of jumpers. Yes. Oh, you went to it after I did. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You probably, had to apply. Probably, yeah. It was a year before you were born. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah it would have had to. <laughs> I
1: went in, uh, oh five, I think
2: I went in 86.
0: Um, in, yeah. in any case, the Grand Canyon doesn't have that stuff. Uh, the when we went to the first location where the skywalk is now the skywalk itself does mm. it has like a, a shield around the railing and stuff that goes up you know almost like face height yeah so it's if you wanted to jump off the thing you'd have to work at it
1: you'd have to be determined
0: but uh, not to say you couldn't but uh, but other than that that location like around the edges of where the rocks and stuff dropped off they had like ropes. And, like, I mean, they weren't, like, ropes that could stop. You could step over them. Mm-hmm. But ropes and signs and say, you know, don't yeah. don't go past
2: this. Whatever. Oh, don't was, be stupid. Oh, that was kind of cool. But I get nervous with railings in a way that I, I would be able to handle the skywalk. But railings kind of get to me because I have this thing where I don't pay attention. And my brain sometimes wants me to do weird things. And so... I just know that I am a moment of not paying attention away from just slipping over the edge and falling. And so I stay away from the rails. See,
1: I have the problem That's with it. the call from the void. What happens if you just step over it? It's fine. It'll it'll be fine. I,
2: I don't <laughs> actively think about it. I literally just think about not doing that. <laughs> well, the worst vertigo I've ever had was like at a,
0: a spillway. Uh, where oh, gosh,
1: those are Where you got all that violent
0: water falling down. And even though it's only going like 12 or 15 feet or something. It's so beautiful. It's it's so so terrifying. (laughs) terrifying. And just you feel you stand there and you feel yourself kind of being pulled forward. Like you just want to fall forward like with all that, where all that's going, you know.
1: You you have the natural force of it almost compelling at that point. Yeah. It's
0: it's scary shit. But uh, yeah, the the funny thing is the second location that that little bus tour took us to, like a different location where you could see some stuff. Mm -hmm. None of the railing, none of the ropes or anything. So, I mean, my brother is a freaking mountain goat. He was out there walking along some of those <laughs> so rocks, just hopping, hopping along some of these rocks oh, right on the edge. I could see him doing that. I'm like, oh, okay, no, I'm not doing that shit. And the The heights weren't bothering me, and I even followed him to some of that. But, like, and my, my footing on the rocks didn't make me feel like this was necessarily the best decision I could have made. I weren't
1: even like hopping across little streams, let alone something where I could die.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. Uh, I, I don't know how to translate that into anything useful for gaming, but I did want to mention that, you know, I have this thing going on, so that's why I hadn't been. I am glad you were able to enjoy up, so. yourself. I yeah. don't know that I would have. And my mom did a good, did really good. <laughs> she she got to do the things that she really loved there and uh, got to spend the time with just her and my brother and I, which may very well be the last time the three of us get to spend time together. Yeah. You know? I hope so, not.
2: But yeah, I'm glad you spent too. the time.
1: Exactly.
0: And I think he's going to be able to – he lives a lot farther away. He's going to be able to make uh, some time to fly back and spend some time with her here this summer. Good. You know, things work out. and uh, You know, it's just a lot. And
2: I adore your mother. I, I,
0: My wife and I are looking to try to move up into the area. We've been talking about it for years anyway, up into the – near the mountains. Uh, if we get moved, I'm not just, just so everybody knows, I'm not abandoning the convention of the local gaming community by any stretch. And we still got great people like the other people that are, you know, on the show who uh, are very involved in the gaming community here locally who could help um, organize the smaller events. And frankly, <laughs> yeah, I'm volunteering you guys. Take that, fuckers. Um, and then, uh, the convention, of course, I'll be here all in. I mean, that's, that's a We're thing. Used to that at work. <laughs>
2: that at work. <laughs> hey, you're
1: being voluntold for, hey, guess what? This is helping, your problem
2: now. You're helping the new mentees. Oh, am I? Okay. <laughs> Great. They're going to hate me. Yeah. To
1: be fair, I volunteered for helping mentees. so.
2: I don't have any new announcements to make
0: yet on the convention because I've been doing this other stuff and I need to get that sorted. We've had problems locking down a venue, which I, I may not surprise anybody given what's going on. We have all these other conventions popping up, too. Oh, yeah. And some of them in the same kind of time frames and stuff. And I'm, I'm excited to see more convention opportunities <laughs> locally. I think that's really cool. Uh, it, it's definitely, um, complicating <laughs> things for me because we're just a little con. <laughs> you know, we're just a little con. We only get, you know, five, four or 500 people in the door. Some of these other conventions are, are taking place at the big convention centers and stuff where obviously they got to get a couple thousand in or they're not gonna pay for that place yeah but it's all good it's all good I'm still looking forward to making it happen and and getting things organized don't think just because you haven't heard anything that's not happened I know a lot of people are trying to plan out their year so I'm, I'm trying to communicate about that but it's been rough so uh kid and I were talking recently about a question I've had with um uh well I I I, I know I posted this on our uh discord let us talk about it a little bit one of the – uh what was the impetus for it? There was a story or there was a conversation that, that I've been listening to that was talking about um, the the newer uh spell descriptions in 5th edition D&D and how explicit they are on the rules of the spells. And I hadn't really given it much thought except when it's occasionally come up, oh, here's a thing I want to do with the spell. Oh, you read the description, you see that that doesn't work. You know, it, it feels like it could inside the physics of the universe if you can cast this kind of magic. But it turns out that the spell description is very explicit about what it can and can't do. And obviously some of that is decisions that have been made to find to find ways to keep spells from doing things that are way overbalancing in some fashion. But I've always enjoyed, and I, I did enjoy this in previous editions, how uh, interesting people could get, how creative people could get, better word obviously. With the use of magic for uh, purposes that weren't anticipated in the description of the spell, and I think that, I feel like that's a classic kind of trope. Oh yeah, of D and D, and would be for fantasy gaming, and and you see it even in, in fantasy literature when you have like magicians who come up with a cl- uh, creative way to use a spell that mm-hmm. probably isn't the norm, and I think that makes it for really um, really uh exciting gameplay experiences to share at the table. But I. The, beat my head against I could not fucking remember a single specific instance of that like I know that I've had players over the years who have done that you know you you look at a spell description and go well will it work for this thing mm-hmm. um so I mean there was a a, a spell like in a third a third edition or fourth edition um that uh, allowed you to automatically shift so I think that must have been fourth because that's the language they used to shift I think the spell was called shift that allowed you to shift somebody five feet. I mean, that was the description of the spell. Basically, the idea because because fourth edition was a combat focused game that 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 spent a lot of time um, dealing with this very specific movement and and um, you know, positioning of of people on the combat. Going back grid. to
2: wargaming roots,
0: very much uh, that the ability to shift somebody five feet uh, of your des- your decision, you know, and it wasn't like there was a saving throw or anything. It was just you know kind of like you're you're moving over here. Was it was kind of a cool effect. Right. Uh, and and it, um, it could be very useful in some cases could be could make things very dangerous for somebody. But then I had a, a, a situation where these archers were uh, situated along a ledge <laughs> and the uh, wizard decided to just start shifting them off the ledge because, you know, it could do that.
2: Yeah. Stay five feet away from the ledge.
1: I was in a a short form Savage Worlds game where I decided to teleport people that were trying to take over an airship. And I just teleported them off of the airship.
0: Right, into open air. And then they
1: dropped, god only knows how far. They weren't a problem anymore.
0: (laughs) We, uh, did we see something similar to that in like one of the Eberron games or something where we were doing something in the sky? I remember somebody doing something to create
2: really drop people off the, off the side. Say, I don't,
1: don't think it was me in the Eberron campaign. I was thinking of one that uh, Sean was running. But yeah. Was, it might have been Kit that did that, actually.
2: Was there somebody, yeah, who was doing a knockback effect on a spell? Yeah. And
0: uh, I mean, that's just kind of like a small example that came to mind. I mean, we've always seen people trying to use like a tensor exploding disk in a creative way. or But if you like read the description in 5th edition, it's a very specific about how it can be used. Yeah. You know, um I I always find sleep to be an interesting example because depending on how creatively you utilize the function of the spell, you might be able to really alter the combat situation in your favor. But the best situation I've ever seen that in was a game um that Jason and Kid were both in with Jonica uh and Nira. And they uh decided to all play elves or like what was a half elf? They were all immune to sleep. So, of course, the wizard took the sleep spell because you could just <laughs> drop it on any battle that they were all in the middle of and it would only affect the enemies. Oh and I, I remember at the time having an issue with that because I was like, wait a minute. OK, your society, your elven society here is one that is very isolationist and hasn't really developed in tandem with, you know, other societies per se. So, you don't sleep. Why would sleep magic be the thing that made the most sense to you to study and carry with you as a low-level wizard out into the world? Because outsiders
2: are weak. <laughs> yeah.
1: will prevent outsiders from being a problem.
2: But I still remember the whole thing. Where Just felt so unbalanced. In advanced, portable holes were kind of attempted to be abused a lot. And I think when we moved to second, they changed the description up and made it a little more clear that... Uh, I remember even at the table, the GM going, no, no, if you do that, you run out of air. <laughs> and that's the thing,
0: right? Any kind of um, physics that you apply to a magic in the yeah. world, you have to determine whether or not it's something that is intended to be or should be internally consistent or whether or not it should uh, have the ability to break the
2: rules because it's fucking magic. Well, and if food stays fresh inside of a magical space, why would a person not be able to revive from magical space? Right. Is it is it suspended animation or and, is it? On the other right. hand, is that the type of thing that would kill you by not having stuff move around? <laughs> Uh, and then,
0: I mean, obviously there's, I, th- I think there's hundreds of examples of that kind of stuff, but the fireball has changed so much from one edition of D&D to the other oh my over the gosh, years. Where it used to fill by volume. Yeah. And the early editions, it was like, especially in the AD&D first edition, it was like, cause it, then it was still a small sphere that then exploded into an area, yeah. but it would, it would, it would wrap around what was available space to make sure it used up the volume of the <laughs> spell. It wasn't just a simple... So when you're, you're in a narrow hall feet. dungeon... Or a small room. Oh, drop you it had small to bring room. Up a calculator. Yeah, and, and if you drop it in a small room and it comes spilling right back out of the door over your party, for example, things like that. It wasn't constrained. That's fair. Uh, but then there's fire cubes. But so <laughs> <laughs> Score fireballs. But there's also... uh I mean, there's also something to be said for interpreting the magical effects to have real-world impact that isn't explicitly laid out. Uh, I've had people I've heard people discuss that the fireball in fifth edition that because with the damage it does, it's is they figure it's probably the concussion then more than the the fire. But it specifically does fire damage. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't say, for example, that it sets things on fire, which other fire spells go out of the way to mention.
2: That fire immunity. It is possible to take fire damage and not be set on fire yeah, sure. in the real world. Now because I... flame
1: sphere does specifically mention shits on, on fire. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah and it's definitely a different mechanic was i just oh but i like i like my role-playing games like i like my movies when the plot requires it to not work it doesn't work but when we need it to work it does
1: thematically appropriate
2: or in comedy when you expect it to work it doesn't and when you (laughs) need it to work it finally does eventually uh in in
0: the in the uh, realm of immersive play, it's obvious what you need more than anything is consistency. So as a game master, obviously, it is incumbent upon you to determine how these things work and then make that same call in every situation where it's applicable. Uh, but there are times when that's a challenge. I mean, there's Sometimes it's a challenge just because you don't want it to work out that way. A really great example is a scene where uh, a couple of uh, lower-level player characters have gotten trapped in a, a room and... Um, uh, Joe turned around with an Elders blast and, and wanted to start hammering at the, uh, because you cast Elder's Blast every round, right? Oh, yeah. So you know, started hammering at the door. You know, I'm going to take Elder's Blast, just start. <laughs> <laughs> it you is know, force that, damage.
1: It is force damage.
0: But it it's legal target as a creature. That's true. So That's it's true. it's so it made sense to me in terms of that. And it made mm-hmm. sense to me in terms of an action that a warlock would then do because they had that at their disposal. Oh, yeah. But somehow they've limited the power of the, of the spell. Specifically, to make it only applicable when you're targeting a creature. What does that suggest about the internal consistency of the spell? Like it somehow has a life force to trigger, which would make sense because then it would work on un- undead. Which means undead. you
2: could attack plants and mushrooms, but right. not doors unless they're mimics. Yeah, but th- yeah and is that a way oh, to lots. find out if something's a mimic? You know, I'm going to cast my Elder's Blast I mean, at it does it uh, work. That definitely would make me happy doing that. It's <laughs> sm- smarter than the time that we uh, dumped 18 bags of flour all over somebody's expensive mansion because we heard there were ghosts and we wanted to be sure to track it. <laughs> I'm just saying it's that. an easy see invisibility <laughs> spell. That's all I'm saying. And, and, you know, it's another There's great flower dust everywhere. It's
0: another great example in the, in the common immersive expectation that would make us somebody who's invisible at least visible. You could see their outline. because were actual it's ghosts. They
2: wouldn't do anything. That's the funny part. Right. We kind of assumed they weren't actual ghosts. We literally pulled up with a cart loaded with bags of flour to this mansion, knowing we were going to possibly face ghosts.
0: But does the invisibility spell anywhere say that if you are coated with like uh, exterior s- substances that you su- they those suddenly become visible, or do they disappear when they touch you? But does
1: we still say yeah. I think the other thing we were
2: also looking for was Uh, uh, footprints. If they walked through an area, we'd know if something was walking through that had any kind of ability Mm -hmm. to interact with the real world. Very, very logical. Yeah, And I I think that any logic in that case would make sense to
0: me. As a game master, I'd be less likely to question it. You know, somebody throws a flower in a room with invisible creatures. Oh, yeah, you see the outline where the flowers touching right over there if the spell doesn't explicitly state otherwise i like internal physics it was a paid you know, job there and we
2: ended up owing because of the cleanup for the mansion after we completed the adventure See, so. now that's just funny <laughs> um, it's a good story and uh another
0: you know and, and there are like uh what what's the dust of you know the, there's the, the or the the spell there's a spell that like it would, would reveal invisible by Throwing it like a filling an area glitter dust, sort oh, Yeah, yeah, The glitter dust spell, which I don't even know is a fifth edition spell.
2: Because that's magic v. That. magic, so it actually could affect invisible stuff. Uh,
0: I think one of the more interesting things to look at is um, how other game systems, of course, than DD utilize these effects, because a lot of times they're a lot more open to interpretation anyway. But like in Savage Worlds, they have the trappings, like a fire oh, spell yeah. has the ability to catch things on fire, you know, and here's the effects of catching things on fire. A cold spell does this, and, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera. Ah, uh, you'd still find yourself in a lot of situations where you got to make a call based on the situation mm-hmm. Most of the times if I make that call, my players aren't going to argue the matter because there's nothing in the rules that necessarily supports it outright if it makes sense, right
1: It's all about the logic
0: So the question of viability becomes one of whether or not there's a reason to question or uh, you know to argue about the semantics of, of these. Uh, Alicia's mentioned on the show once before a situation she had with a um, a couple of characters who wanted to overcome a lock mm-hmm. on a door. By alternately casting, like, Firebolt and Ray of Frost or something. something like you that, know, Yeah, cantrips, they had, like, freezing cold and freezing cold and freezing cold and freezing, you know, freezing warm, I mean, you know, heat and cold, heat and cold.
1: So, because once you set precedence for that, it becomes a thing.
0: Right. So, and she didn't want to just outright ignore the physics of it, mm-hmm. so she made a decision behind how to handle, handle it in her game, which also made it plausible that they were going to use this moving forward as a general way of opening shit, mm-hmm. but that there were, we discussed, like, downsides, like, but since it it takes more time, you have to have the time to do it. Mm-hmm. There's always a chance that something else could go wrong with this kind of brute force method. And then the you know.
1: complexity of the lock and all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah and, and how well made it is mm-hmm. you know the materials. Yeah, so you gotta make those decisions as a as a game master too, working into it. But I've always enjoyed that level of integration with the environment because the people are focused on how to utilize their abilities i mean it's no different than how oh, i have ax as door you know i don't have to open the door the old-fashioned way by turning the knob i can just remove it
1: fire fire burns doors right
0: fire burns doors then <laughs> it might depend the, the decision has to be made about how much fire removes doors because yep. if you're doing and how long fire, it takes to burn yeah. and
1: if there's ventilation in the area there's there's things
0: <laughs> all the things and that matters yeah but I like the way it enhances the feeling of reality too, either that immersive quality, because you're dealing with the environment. Oh, yeah. So you're picturing the environment. And if you remove those elements by just kind of waving your hand with a magic wand, you know, you're not necessarily taking advantage of opportunities to create sensory impressions and information that will enter the narrative and become part of what the players are picturing as they deal with the situation was it, I, when
2: I played mage the ascension, ascension long time <laughs> ago i felt it was very free form and flowing i have tried playing mage the awakening and uh it what you can do with the magic but what you do and how you get to it and how many different steps and what type of spreadsheets you need to fill out to figure out what to roll even It kind of grates on me after a bit, but it's because it's yours. I still could be free form, but when I do, then I have to do this. It makes it this much more difficult. And I do these and I can add these actions and I get this amount of space. And then literally there's a website that takes you through four different pages just to figure out what you're, how many dice you're rolling, what you're rolling and what you're getting from it to succeed. And I was like, all right, yeah, this is uh, losing some of the fun, free flowiness of the magic that I enjoyed. Which
0: is fair because there was also kind of a broken quality to the mage, of the ascension magic, because you could kind of decide whatever bullshit you you and the game master agreed but, on. But the I game would come back and
2: smack you if you abuse that too much.
0: Oh, the paradox would, yeah, yeah. But that—that's just a—it's just a mechanic. I mean, it's just like you know. What if I come up with some creative way to get past that? It's like illusions, right? Illusions have always had an interesting kind of role in in fantasy gaming because an illusion d- depends entirely on how much potential it has to fool the people that you're being you're using against. Yep. And sometimes, I mean, there were back there were less less restrictions. I mean, the, the nice thing about I think third edition did some definition of like different levels of illusion. Yeah, what is a figment? What is this? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they've done more since then and kind of like with specific spells talking about what it's specifically capable of and how. What the size is, what the effect
1: of it is. Can you, can you have it smell? But,
0: but I remember back (laughs) in first edition with Phantasmal Force, a pretty low level spell. It really just depended on how creative the person was. You know, and I'd have players who would start like crafting this visual sort of like just artistically crafted sort of like disaster or something. Like a room coming apart and water pouring in, or you know. things Oh yeah, that, you
1: get to multiple sensory experience. That's gets crazy fast.
0: And I mean, that was really, fo- it was really kind of cool, you know. But it also made a low level magic pretty powerful.
1: Oh yeah, that can get op fast.
0: But it depended on what the results were, you know. In the in the game at the time, if you believed it, if you bought into it, if you didn't, you know, somehow overcome that, which was usually a saving throw when you tried, and you'd have to realize. You know, if you were a player character dealing with this happening, you didn't. You, there had to be a point at which you looked at the game master and said, "Hey, I choose to disbelieve. I think this might be an illusion." And then you get a saving throw. Otherwise, though, you could take damage. You could get killed because you bought into it. You know, and I was like, "Well, that is really potent shit." Mm-hmm. You know, in the, especially in the hands of people that really knew how to abuse it. Yeah, uh, President Snoozing Company. Included, of course, but <laughs> our favorite gnome. Yeah, I'm so glad that my voice lulls kid to sleep. <laughs> I don't think he got a lot of it. Let's make it time. hard at dinner time, right? <laughs> oh wait, no. Um, but I mean that that sort of thing has has, like I said, they've they've over the years they've refined it. They've defined exactly what things do. They've given them specific.
1: If you had to Um, will your way out of that, all you had to do would give someone, like, their dream capacity, and congratulations, they're now stuck in a false reality that's giving them everything they hoped for.
0: Uh, For at least the duration of a spell. Yeah?
2: Yeah.
1: But that would be crazy. I get that. Uh, On the other hand. people just want to
2: buy into it. There's a lot of times that I don't see enough done with savings throw, and it's like, we're either just doing dex and con savings throw, or we're not doing any of them. And so the whole advantage of having different classes better and worse at different savings throws gets kind of lost in the in the system. It
0: definitely, I mean, the the classic ones that 3rd edition did, what was it, Will, Reflex, and Fortitude? They, they will, basically fortitude. made it, we're just doing three of them. And, yeah, and based on your con, your dex, and your wisdom, which... And there were you Reflex could,
1: saving throws in 3.5. Three yeah, days.
0: Reflex, of so the yeah. dex save. And you could definitely see how those would apply to a lot of situations. The other ability scores not so much. But I can still
2: see where strength savings are or charisma savings are. I sure. definitely see how that works. And we've seen them come up. and I mean, just not, just uh, not a lot. If you're dealing anything with psionics, which has always been something on and off in the game and is always its own little thing. Psionics, you're either I dealing like with or you're not. <laughs> That's the truth. And the only examples I've seen that of that in
0: 5th have really brought it down to... Um, I, don't think,
1: I don't think I've ever seen any psionics the, in 5th.
0: It's like an under of stuff. It's the optional stuff Because I love yeah. the
2: whole thing where they did where you roll the d20, the and Mystic. if you roll under the target, you, you beat it. And the higher you rolled, the better the effect you had when you did your psionic attack. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, I enjoy that because if the higher your ability is, mm-hmm. the, the, more the higher you your to hit is, or to hit, well, whatever... Um higher your target, and so rolling under it becomes easier, but the higher you roll still affects it. Because if you just rolled a 2, mm. you still had a minimal effect. Yes, you succeeded, but you didn't do that great. But then if you just go 1 over target, you, you failed.
0: Huh. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember that system.
2: <laughs> <A bit of laughs> Plus, it, it gave a way to get people who had dice that seemed to constantly roll 20s to put those dice in the... Other box for a while. Dice jail. I also kind of like other uh, game systems where you have a lot
0: of uh, you have a lot of kind of build on the results of a thing rather than on the mechanism. Uh, you see this the most in like superhero games and point by games where your your uh, your abilities, your powers, your talents, whatever they are are bought for the specific effect, but they don't care how you get there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you buy a ranged strike of 2d6 damage or something. It doesn't matter whether you, you know, it's something you can throw your fist at them extra long, or you can, you know, use a bolt of fire, or you can do... And maybe, maybe you have things that give them trappings and stuff that, you know, build off of that. But that meant that that power specifically does that thing. So let's say I can throw a bolt of fire at somebody and do the damage... That's the power I have, is the ability to throw fire and do that damage. Uh, it doesn't mean I can use it to light things on fire. It's like I want to light that lantern over there, just kind of brush my fire past it. Unless the game master thinks, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: Powers games are both limiting and not limiting at the same time.
0: Right. <laughs> well, they're built to give you abilities to refine your character's um, mm-hmm. uh, you know capability to function inside the game, but not necessarily meant to give you a whole bunch of room around that which is also interesting because one of the things that in comic books that you like to see is when characters use their powers in creative ways mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily what they usually do which but can be really cool.
1: Superheroes don't necessarily learn new powers as they go either.
0: A lot of times, yeah. They it's, just It's learn, just learning
1: creative ways, creative ways to, the, use, the to use the powers they have. So yeah. a lot of
0: times the best way to use to build superhero characters is with powers that you can see a way in your head to really expand them into new uses. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you do have the ability to light shit on fire and then you have the ability to use fire to you know, put a ring of fire around people and ten, ten, pin them in. And, mm-hmm. you know, all the kinds of shit you can do, um, which, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't think a fire character is the most creative way to do anything, to be honest. But that's because hey, it's speak for yourself. It's I like specific. my fire character.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah. And we joke about the uh, hair lighting things on fire a lot with your
2: character. Yeah. Which doesn't actually do anything. It doesn't actually do anything. There's no... uh, Well, it's a fun joke. It'd still be hilarious if you walk through the dungeon and the cobwebs just kind of curled away from you. (laughs) And I don't think that hurts necessarily to do stuff like that and make it fun.
0: The problem is when you set a precedent that then people can, you know... So what I would see, for example, with your genasi is that maybe because it's fun, you occasionally, without your ability to control it... Mm -hmm. Have enough heat emanate from your hair to do a thing mm-hmm. that uh, we get to use in the uh, the cool effect that we described in that critical hit you just rolled, mm-hmm. you know, or that CFU
2: that, that critical failure. Yeah, exactly. Critical <laughs> fuck up. <as> well. <laughs> right, CFU. but yeah, uh, yeah, and I get that. But yeah, you right. you want to contain it because you can't make it a tool that could be used. In the or more life. likely, in the case of your character, that streak of fire she goes running by.
0: Exactly, run right away! Wow, that <laughs> last session. That was
2: disheartening <laughs> in a way. <laughs> yeah. My OneDrive came up and it said, hey, look at these pictures from, you know, this day several years ago. And I went back and I looked at it Some like 10 years ago. I was like, well, that lap map looks familiar. Oh, I'm going to stop looking at that map. It was that dungeon. Oh, was it really? Uh, yeah, apparently I dropped it into my OneDrive 10 years ago. That's funny. So... The, I also found some of the other classic one of the pyramid.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, because because I mean, those really are. They're all from the. I mean, those those dungeon. Uh, it was, dungeons it was from, in the
2: blue, so I mm-hmm. they were scanned from the actual yeah from
0: the the, the original Pharaoh module I three. I don't
2: know. I don't know what I was doing ten years ago. I really don't. Me either. Uh, I remember. I remember those dungeons when they were the thing. When that's what we had. But I know I had a nice scanner.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I don't have a, a ton of stuff to talk about today. We haven't been able to do much gaming lately because, obviously, all the things. We've been focusing on trying to get ready for a uh, level-up game using the, the Advanced 5e rules from Ian Publishing. I am and
2: I am liking this system, but sometimes I think the number of options is overwhelming. And when I build a character, I don't know what to mm-hmm. add into it to make the persona click.
0: It's a uh, analysis paralysis of thing. Maybe that's know. part of it.
1: There are so many options.
0: I did go ahead and back in at their magazine so I could get some of their options to see what it's like. The one that's $10 a month on Patreon. Yeah. I
2: I'm feelings about that can't. because it's a lot. 120 for, on top of what I already paid for the book. It, 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 I don't know if I'll do it for very long. Uh, but I wanted to
0: see what the articles are like and you know, what kind of options they offer. So far... I'm
2: sure the articles, uh-huh,
0: uh-huh. <laughs> for the articles. You're there for the dragons. Uh so far I I mean I'm moderately impressed but I haven't come up with anything out of the first like the issue 0 that they gave us in the issue 1 that's really specifically useful. Um character creation oriented stuff could be really cool like backgrounds and destinies and and, and I know we're going to see I'm going to see more of that stuff but uh that's not really necessarily useful beyond say character creation. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really apply to anything I would do as a game master with the game for the most part.
1: Not really, unless and, you're building something around that specifically. Uh,
0: obviously, monsters and stuff like that, and and some of the I do like how they've added so much lore in with all the monster descriptions, and everything, including like checks that you can make to n- demonstrate what you know or what you can learn. Oh, that's cool. There's a that lot I'll of that. To yeah, the monster book is really cool. I haven't got a chance to do anything with it because you know the only five e stuff we've done, advanced five e stuff we've done, is stuff that uh, kid ran a little bit. And uh, so all I was doing was focusing on the character stuff, but I'm glad I did because I it gave me an my opportunity. Character in that one. Um, what did you play in that one? I don't remember. It's
2: it's that dark elf rogue, and he had this snarky, sadistic life view because he pretty much always felt trapped um, in a society he didn't belong to. Mm-hmm. Cool. He I'd, had the outsider feel.
1: I had pretty much the same character that I already built. Cool.
2: It, yes <laughs> you copy paste this one you, you mean yes. a lot of it a lot of it and i made a warlock and now i'm like i don't know what i'm doing with this yeah well and uh, a celestial warlock's not a thing in the world here i'm i'm hoping to get us uh,
0: another player now that you know jason's working on sundays and we can't get him into the game and uh, i've been working on that and i got a guy um one of our old b team guys brian who's gamed with me in the past who's really interested in checking out the system but he's still having availability issues right now, so we'll have to figure out what we're going to do the next week or two. Anyway,
2: <laughs> but, most of my listeners I know that would want to play with us <laughs> are nowhere near. Nowhere Kansas. near here. Yeah. <laughs> this is an in-person game. So.
0: Uh. All right. Um, I want to thank everybody for uh, sticking with us, and uh, you know, we we try to try to come up with a show. we going We'll try to get back on a normal schedule. I know this one's going to run kind of short. Uh, try to, you know, continue to bring our our peculiar sort of wisdom to the table and talk about our gaming experiences and talk about the you know tr- talk about the things in our community that are of interest. But uh, you can definitely be a part of that. Drop us a line at prism- uh, feedback at prismatictsunami uh, if you want to you know hit us up on the email. Or you can uh, make sure and uh, join our Discord server. The link is, on, is uh, on our website, and you can follow it over there. There's an invite link there. And we, we're getting people in. We're getting people in that will talk to us. And uh, you know, it's also a great way for me to be able to kind of pose questions and elicit ideas yeah. from the masses.
2: Plus, you can ask about Assamtees.shop som- a <laughs> at uh, Discord. And something like we, that. We let you do that
0: uh we got we got a bunch of new stuff in we gotta gotta get that I mean, i've started getting stuff slowly kind of added to the inventory on our on our shop but uh we were trying to trying to focus on like march and got like we have an irish a cream irish breakfast now Ooh. Ooh. Really good. i thought you guys want to enjoy i, I think we should of do that. a sampling yes
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> 100 do, do a taste test
1: <laughs> yes because i like irish breakfast.
0: not a terrible idea well, uh, thank you so much for being here with us, and uh, we'll get to gaming today. And if you uh, you know, have any ideas, please feel free to share. Definitely appreciate it. Yes. So that's episode number, what I say, 273? MediGamers okay. Anonymous. Everybody have a fantastic week. Uh, we'll see you soon. I don't know if I'll be able to get onto a weekly schedule anytime real soon or not, but we're going to try to make sure we get some regular shows out. And, uh, if you would like to, uh, support our Patreon, become part of the conclave that, that, you know, then has kind of like the inside track and gets a chance to, to kind of talk with us all. Um, you could do that on our Patreon page as well, patreon.com slash prismatic tsunami. You can do that for just a couple bucks. So that's, you know, kind of cool. If you want to spend more, we'll try to do more stuff. We got to organize one of those games, one of those high level, you know, um, uh, special Top online tier. games. Yeah. 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 I know, uh, I know I know. Becky's going to be up for it. I'm sure Alma will be up for it. I look forward to playing with both I'm of you. I'm betting Justin will be up for it because he loves playing Deckard. And everybody's going to want to do the zombie game. and It'll be fun. I had that last session we did. Still, I haven't got it posted. I've got to do some editing still. It, you know, now I can't have a kind of pet possum
2: awesome on any of my other games because I need to save it for the zombies.
0: Yeah, sorry. That's the way it works out. That's all right. I have pet raccoon now well thank you everybody for uh being here and we'll see y'all next time uh, my name is eric i'm rich
1: i'm vanessa I'm <laughs> <the kid.
0: laughs> your contribution was very much appreciated sir you <laughs> slept through the whole fucking episode <laughs> <laughs> intro to extra <laughs> it's
1: okay you made it the important parts so your <laughs> name is mentioned
0: I'll see you later bye <laughs>